important for podcasting. The PSAs you Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. And welcome back, hour number two. As we take you up until noon, uh, toward the bottom of the hour, our friend Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News will join us. We'll uh, pick Vinny's brain on uh, some NFL topics. I did see that uh, press release that came out May the 27th, Trent. Uh, the first three weeks uh, of the season is when ESPN is going to announce all of their kickoff times. So May 27th, we'll know weeks now, are they calling August 28th week one? Or is that week, week zero? zero? Yeah. So will we get week zero, week one, and week two? Probably. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Right. Because there's a, a Nebraska and Illinois are still slated. It's not going to be in Ireland, mm-hmm. but they're still going to play that day, correct? They are scheduled to play that day, yes. Yeah. That had not changed, at least as far I'm pretty as sure, I know. It, I'm pretty sure it's on for the 28th. And I know uh, the other game that was um, somewhat of a needle mover, uh, UCLA and... I don't remember. Somebody. Yeah, it's UCLA and somebody. Hawaii. It's Hawaii. Oh, okay. I'm in for that. I know you are. You love those rainbow, <laughs> rainbow warriors. warriors. Indeed. All right. Let's get um, let's get our friend Michael Swain in here. 24-7 sports, cycloneralert.com. Michael Trent, Ken. Boy, it's fun to speculate when these games are going to kick off, right? We get a little, little tiny nugget, and we all gravitate to it as we just keep waiting for that next crumb that they're going to drop us as we work our way to college football. How are you, Michael Swain? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And yeah, you are right. It seems like they're kind of leading us on a little bit, but I'll take it. I will take any sort of college football crumbs we can get, and I will certainly be running with them uh, over on our website. Yeah, don't blame you, right? It's content. And well, let, let's kind of have some fun with this because seemingly uh, there's, a, there's speculation out there that, uh, that Iowa, Iowa State, the game's biggest, uh, the biggest game in the state, as you know, uh, Jack Trice is the scene this year. And potentially that game might be played under the lights, which would be, well, I'm all for it. I'm not sure the folks, the authorities uh, in Ames would be all for it. That's a long day, especially if game day makes its way there. They were there last time. Uh, it's one of the marquee games, one of the better matchups on the 11th of September. But what do you think the chances are of, of, uh, of Cyhawk being a game that is played under the lights at Jack Trice? I like the odds, honestly, and I'd be really excited for Iowa State fans and even Iowa fans, too, to be able to have that kind of full game day experience, even if college game day doesn't show up. I think the fans certainly deserve it after the last year that they've gone through of not being able to be in attendance at a lot of games. I think that by doing it at night, you grant yourself a, a really good atmosphere. You know, mm-hmm. you're guaranteed that things can be pretty raucous from guys having, you know, and fans having a really big day of um, activities outside and probably warm in the sun. You know, I think it would be a really special atmosphere too to see Jack Trice back in packed for a Cyhawk game. Just considering what it was like last year, I always think back to how weird that Louisiana game was mm-hmm. where no fans. It was so quiet. You could hear kind of the pads hitting and stuff, but I'd be really, I'm really excited for kind of fans to get back in the stadium, for it to be full again. Hopefully, um, I don't think that's been confirmed yet, but um, I would be really excited for fans in general, and it, I really would be surprised almost if it's not at night, because I think there's a really good opportunity for both programs to get in the spotlight, whether it be on ESPN or ABC, one of those big primetime spots. You know, the other huge game, of course, Oklahoma, the second-to-last game of the year, because it's November, though, 
so many times they just don't announce those start times for those late season right. ones. So, you know, there's it's hard to speculate about kind of the back half of the conference schedule. What about the UNLV matchup? I saw something. Start time's going to depend, of course, it, it'll be a Mountain West TV game, mm-hmm. so that's a part of it. But also since the Raiders are not home that weekend, if it was, they were going to have to play that early. Maybe a possibility of UNLV, how about a full day in Vegas before the game? <laughs> possibility of that being a night game. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think that's another one that they would do really well for fans that are making that day trip out to Las Vegas. I, man, can you imagine what that'd be like for... Mm. I mean, you know Iowa State fans are going to be out there in droves and just so many fans. And for them to get a full day in Las Vegas before going to watch probably their top 10 ranked team, depending on how the Iowa game goes, but watching a potentially top ranked team against UNLV at a brand new NFL stadium, I think that would be a really special atmosphere, really for the players too, I think. Getting to play in those NFL stadiums is so cool. You think about playing at the Big 12 title game last year at Jerry World down in Dallas. Um, I think that's another one that they would do really well for fans. Even on the West Coast, you know, you could have it kick at 6 o'clock West Coast time, and then you're looking at an 8 o'clock tip, or sorry, kickoff for, you know, guys in the Midwest if you're not able to make the trip. So I think you could really serve both fan bases well if you make that more of that early evening, mid-evening kind of kickoff. Yeah, I just feel bad for the charters because don't charters normally leave first thing in the morning, <laughs> next morning? Hey, just don't go to bed, right? Easy for me to say. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that that's trending towards nighttime uh, as well. If, as you said, Michael, if it's a 6 o'clock kick out there, 8 o'clock would be fine, 9 o'clock would be okay. Uh, but it looks like maybe back-to-back weeks that the clones will be playing at night. And, and Trent, you're right. Is that the... The final road game is at Oklahoma, Oklahoma, right? Yes. I think it is. And then TCU mm-hmm. uh, comes to pay a visit. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting uh, the way that it sets up five games. Uh, in, is there five games in September? No, only four. Four each month, right? I, I, the way the calendar works. And the yes. bye week is in October, so we can break that down, and we will do at some point. Uh, is Iowa State, I know that there's still, that transfer portal is open, and there's some, still some schools that are willing to dip into that if there's a position of need and if somebody you know enters the portal. I know the deadline is approaching. Is Campbell looking at anything this late in the game? I mean, his roster seems set uh, you know, from the outside. What what are you hearing? What, if the right guy was in there, you'd be crazy, I guess not to look at him, but um, I, I guess uh, how much time are they spending in the transfer portal, if at all? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a lot. I think it's a lot of just kind of observing the people that are going to be entering the transfer portal, and it seems like we've kind of maybe passed the threshold for new people to enter, at least for football. You think about spring football, it's been over for nearly a month now, several weeks at least, and so you've kind of gotten guys that already have an idea of what their role will look like this fall. So I think maybe new entries might be a little bit more surprising at this point. But in terms of if you're looking at the roster positions of need, I would probably say that kind of nose tackle position inside in that three-man front on defense. You know, you've really got one returning guy in Isaiah Lee. Then you're really going to ask two young guys in J.R. Singleton and Howard Brown to step up inside. So I think if you can maybe find like a graduate transfer to come in and plug for one year and kind of help you know supplement Isaiah Lee inside I think that would be big and then also a wide receiver I think you can always look to add more talent at your skill positions and even with Tariq Milton back Xavier Hutchinson Sean Shaw mm-hmm. even some of the young pieces they have I wrote about Jan- Daniel Jackson earlier this week who I think has a lot of I potential but I think you're always looking to add more skill position players you can always add more speed I mean you saw it in the NFL draft so many teams are valuing speed these days and so if you know, you got a speedster that comes into the portal, I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa State looks at him. But as with Iowa State, you know, 
they always look for the right fits and the right culture fits and the right sort of guys that would fit into kind of the program that they've built. So it's all about right, you know, kind of trying to find that right fit, which can be hard sometimes in the transfer portal when, you know, I, I always think back to what Daniel Robinson said during one of our media availabilities, the basketball assistant, he kind of compared it to speed dating. And that's what it's like. You know, you've got to really try and learn about guys on the fly. So there's always a, a little bit of risk when it comes to the transfer portal. But I think for Iowa State, I wouldn't be shocked if they got another guy, but I, I don't think it's necessarily super likely. So as they prepare to welcome guys on campus for official visits for the first time and camp visits, mm. what's the camp schedule going to look like here? It's usually it feels like you bring in two different times, a big group of guys, and those are the weekends that we get two, three, sometimes five commitments over the course of the weekend. What are those dates we need to be targeting for Iowa State? Yeah, definitely. So the dead period ends at the end of May. And so Iowa State has a camp on June 1st, a Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, June 2nd. And then they're going to have kind of a, a day off in between. And then they're going to welcome a bunch of official visitors. It's going to be upwards 15-plus guys will be on campus for an official visit that first weekend of June, that's going to be where a lot of the priority targets are coming in. I know some of the current commits will be on campus for that weekend. Um, and then you go into that next week where a Monday is a day off, the 7th of June, and then you have another two days of camps on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 8th and 9th. And then another big official visit weekend later that week where you've got you know the 11th, 12th, 13th. I know Gabe Burkle is an in-state guy that will be on campus for that official visit weekend. And then you kind of get into maybe some of the commit season, if you will, after that, where guys will be taking more official visits elsewhere. Iowa State will be the first official visit for a lot of these guys. And then you're looking at a really busy kind of late June and mostly month of July in terms of commitments and maybe rounding out uh, the class and getting it more or less 70% full, I feel like, by the end of July. Uh, interesting. It's going to certainly getting back to a little bit more normalcy, right? So I want to go. Kadena Wongo, obviously, he's in, in Minnesota. He's no longer a cyclone, and no longer will Matt Campbell be able to count on him, and he could. Uh, he had some huge returns uh, to uh, jumpstart Iowa State last year, as we recall. Who's going to take that role uh, this upcoming season? Who's Campbell and company going to rely on special team wise? Uh, Milton's, we've seen him. Well, fair, they fair catch so many down punts. Uh, they don't <laughs> like to return them. But kickoff wise, Nwango was so important. Who's going to fill his shoes in that position this year? Any idea? Yeah, I, I think Dion Silas has a really good opportunity to maybe be that guy. Um, we also saw Jairal Brock yeah. field some kicks uh, last season, but. Silas is an early enrollee. It sounds like he impressed a lot of people throughout the spring. Mm. And he's someone that's really dynamic. He was an all-purpose guy at his high school, Steinbrenner in Florida. Um, really high-end speed. He's a little smaller. You know, he's under 5'10". I think he's about 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, but he's someone that's real dynamic, real shifty player. Someone you get the ball in his hands and he can make guys miss. So he's someone that I think would have an opportunity to field some kicks and or punts. Um, I think Tariq Milton could also be that guy that goes back there on kickoffs, but it could be kind of dependent on what Iowa State wants to do. I mean, you mentioned the fair catching. It seems like they did that a lot uh-huh. on punts a season ago. So we'll see what approach they take with kickoffs this season. And if you're looking at maybe the role on offense, specifically with Ken A, um, I think Jadro Brock will be the guy that probably fills into that. You know, uh, he's a four-star recruit, someone that it sounds like had a really start or a really good spring, really established himself probably as a number two back. He was someone that last season came on strong as the season went on, was more of a third down back for Iowa State. It seems like he'll probably grow into that number two running back role where he'll probably get, you know, five, six, seven carries a game and help give Brees Hall some breathers. Now, I remember when they both got on campus, Trent, and we mm-hmm. talked about it. 
they they were inseparable. Well, not, Brees Hall might be better, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be Jirel Brock. Uh, I'm anxious to see him this year. If anybody on this roster, I think uh, to me is, is Jirel Brock just finally getting that opportunity with Johnny Lang gone, um, with with obviously Nwongo gone. Somebody's going to have to spill Brees Hall, uh, and, um, and maybe maybe it's Brock, and maybe he takes that opportunity. Go ahead, Trent. Sorry, Michael Swain. Let's uh, go into an off season topic that has been on the back burner the last couple of summers. It's expansion. It's college football changing. And some articles came out last week talking about this with the Pac-12 and the new leadership that they have. A new commissioner, a very aggressive commissioner, it sounds like. And what's his background? It's not college sports. It's MGM, gambling, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, and the connections, all right, well, let's expand and let's go back to where they almost had it. Years ago. No, don't. When you hear these things, where, where does your mind go, Michael? When, when you hear these stories, are they just that, as a reporter, you know, hey, you're looking for clicks in the offseason, you're mm-hmm. looking for something, or do you think there is more to it than just that? I, I think it's hard to gauge, I think, at this point, because there's so much, in terms of, I think the report was that they're really trying to raid the Big 12 and almost make it mm. um, where the Big 12 would have to not necessarily dissolve, but kind of restructure itself. And I think if you're Iowa State, you just got to make sure that you're in with kind of the big dogs. In terms of football, you look at what the football program has done, being able to compete with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I'm not necessarily concerned about Iowa State getting left out in any of that stuff. I think their football program is trending in the right direction to be able to kind of stick with the big dogs in the conference. Um, And I'm not necessarily overly convinced also that the Big 12 is going to be in some big danger. I would look honestly at maybe more of the – Big 12, maybe if you'd like to add some teams, I would love to see. I think we talked about maybe in the past, maybe getting like a, I would like to see like a Nebraska come back, maybe. A dance um, partner yeah, for you know. West Virginia. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Just something where maybe the Big 12 is able to add a little bit more, go back to maybe getting up to 12 teams again. I'd be a fan of that. Not necessarily as convinced that the Pac 12 is going to be able to come and raid some of the Big right. 12 teams just because the Pac 12 has been such a disaster of a conference. You know, I've lived out on the West Coast for a long time, and watching the whole thing unfold was just kind of tough to watch as they kind of just meandered around. So I'm not overly concerned that the Pac-12 is going to come in and raid the Big 12. Yeah, and selfishly for basketball, playing everybody home and home, I, I just love it. I, mm-hmm. I think I think it's great. Uh, basketball-wise, any news that you're hearing uh, from Motzelberger um, and, and his team and his staff, I guess more importantly at this time, are they finished? What are they looking to do, if anything, Michael? Yeah, so right now they're full on scholarships. It seems like the roster is mostly set for this upcoming season. I'd be pretty surprised, honestly, if someone were to look to enter the transfer portal at this point. Um, right now the players are away from campus. They'll be back, I think, the second week of June, I want to say, for kind of some summer workout, summer school, um, all that good stuff. But on the recruiting trail, it seems like they're kind of looking to add probably one more player to this 2022 class, and then they're kind of getting the ball rolling with some of the class of 2023 prospects. So it'll be a good opportunity too this summer for kind of the coaching staff to get out and see some players in person um, with the dead period ending. And there should be some evaluation periods for them to be able to go out and see, you know, Taman Lipsy, Eli King should be back on the court later this July after he had a meniscus injury last fall. Um, so it should be a busy summer, I think, for the Iowa State basketball coaching staff. And going to be a fun NBA playoff. I saw you had a couple of articles up about that. Taylor Horton Tucker, more than likely at the forefront of things with the Lakers, but of course the Jazz, a high seed this year with Niang, what we saw Monte Morris seemingly year after year. It's fun. It makes it something entertaining here to the summertime and something with a local connection to keep an eye on. 
Oh, I love it. I, I'm a big fan of NBA playoff times, and I'm really excited to see what guys like George and Yang are able to do with the Jazz. You know, they had such a good regular season, and Yang had such a good season himself. You know, he was such a really good shooter. So hopefully the Jazz will be able to maybe shake off some of the playoff struggles that they've had in years past. And with Taylor Horton Tucker and the Lakers, I mean, I'm a Warriors fan, so I'm hoping the Warriors win on Wednesday. But I, I think regardless, you're going to get a Cyclone versus Cyclone matchup because I believe Abdel Nader is on the Suns these days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Lakers will either play the Suns or the Jazz. So we should be treated with a Cyclone versus Cyclone matchup at some point in the playoffs. Bring it on. Going to be a fun uh, two months <laughs> of, of NBA <laughs> basketball. Interesting. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Michael, thank you as always. Uh, we will uh, speak with you next week if your schedule allows. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. Uh, Stuart Mandel just put up, we don't have the kick times yet, mm-hmm. but just looking ahead to, to week number week number one. Week zero is that uh, August 28th. Clemson, Georgia, as you mentioned, Alabama-Miami, LSU-UCLA. So UCLA will have a game. Oh, under the belt? Right, before they take on uh-huh. uh, LSU. Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa, the Raging Cajuns in Texas. Look out, Longhorns. Yes. Uh, USC, San Jose State, Boise State, uh, Central Florida. And then there's Sunday night, Florida State, Notre Dame. That's almost more of a of a, uh, a Monday. Not that I don't want to watch mm-hmm. uh, Louisville and Old Miss. We will. Um, but Notre Dame Notre will Dame. kill them, too. Florida yeah, State's so bad. I know, but it's just those uniforms. Yeah, but you know when it's twenty four nothing at the middle of the second quarter, you're gonna say these uniforms suck. <laughs> really? What I'd rather see a compelling game. Yeah, we can swatch switch over and watch some baseball. We have some breaking news. What have you got? Attendance limits have been removed at Drake Stadium for this week's state track and field championships with the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Association so and the boys. If you're limited to tickets, yes. that's no longer the case? If you're looking for tickets, they will yes. go on sale at noon, 12 o'clock. So go to either the Boys Association website or the Girls Union website. Find the link there. But again, attendance limits have been removed for state track and field. Great to see. It is. It is. Um, especially after, what was it, a couple of weeks ago. That, that look, it, it's, it's a pandemic right there. Mm-hmm. There's no playbook. Uh, we will do this. It's time for another $1,000 home run. Do you have another home run? Are we going to hear the same one? No, we got a different one this time. Let's go to the north side. Maybe. No, we won't. Well, we know the Contreras hit one. Schwarber hit one. It was the Contreras one. Baez hit one. Yeah, three against Hayward Lester. hit one. He went opposite field yeah. with his home run. It's loading up, and if we just stretch it just for a moment more, we'll hear that home run. Well, well, we... And this one is drilled in the air over the head of Schwarber and into the bleachers and gone. Wilson Contreras will touch them all, and it is 4-1. Cut it to 4-3, and then 6-3, and then 7-3, and good night. Drive home safely. Boo growing on you yet? I enjoyed Beth Moen's better. Still not boo. He's okay. I should, I'm probably being overly critical. Um, I just miss Lynn. <laughs> you know, Lynn he's not coming it. back. No, I know he's not coming back. That was such a good, easy listen. Um, anyways. The Cubs win. There's your home run. Here's your chance to hit a $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword stock, S-T-O-C-K, stock at KXNO.com.
1125. Vinny Iyer joins Trent and I next. It's 1460 KXNO 10 or Facebook. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. 866. Are you overdue for your dental appointment? Now is the perfect time to get your dream smile. And Fuller Family Dentistry accepts most insurance plans. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry offers a relaxed family atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Family Dentistry is located near Grandview Golf Course in Des Moines in Altoona on 8th Street. Come see what the buzz is all about and check them out on Instagram. Instagram.org. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net or give us a call 225 Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1130 Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent, you had some further information on the uh, on Drake um, opening up the stadium to everybody for the state's uh, track meet coming up this weekend. Uh, what else did you find out? Yeah, this is really cool. Polk County Health Department uh, will also be set up. The Pfizer vaccine will be available all three days of the tra- uh, track tournament at Drake Stadium. Drake University's College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences will be administering the vaccination. Anyone age 12 or older wishing to do so Right there at the stadium, they will be set up. Really cool idea. I wonder if we'll get a a number of people to take advantage of that. I would love to know. That would be a good I'd one. I'd love to know. Three days. So if, uh, if you're going to the track, uh, uh, the state track meets, uh, and you haven't been vaccinated and something that's on your list to get done, uh, you'll have that opportunity. Pfizer vaccine, anybody? You said 12 and over? 12 and over, uh, yep. For the three days. Let's get Vinny Iyer in here from the Sporting News. Schedule has come out. Uh, lots of NFL topics. There always are, uh, <laughs> as this league seemingly never takes any time off. Vinny Trenton, Ken, as always, thank you. Uh, Vinny, uh, you took a uh, a deep dive in the schedule, some of the winners and losers from the schedule. Let's start with who you think came out on top as far as who got a, a schedule that's conducive to maybe getting to the playoffs. Who do you who did it benefit the most, Vinny? Well, I think the Buccaneers are in good shape. They get the week uh, NFC East. Uh, you have the Chiefs looking pretty good and the 49ers in their last play schedule. So I think those three teams stand out. I think to some degree the Cowboys got a little bit of a break versus the rest of their own uh, division here. Um, on the flip side of that, I say it's really tough for some of these teams, including uh, the Colts, Washington. These are returning playoff teams, and those are teams we focus on a little bit. And the crossover, it works both ways. If it's tough for one, it'll be easier for the other. But, yeah, the Bucks, 49ers, and Chiefs, those are three of the, uh, well, really all four of the champions from hmm. the last few seasons. Uh, we look at it, so it's not – 
any more difficult. I think you look at a team like Buffalo or New England, I think that NFC East schedule or AFC East schedule is hard as well as the NFC East. So it's going to be tough for those divisions to have uh, more than uh, one playoff team each this year. You mentioned, Vinny, the Bucks. How about week four, though, the return of Brady going to New England? I don't know. If we could make a bet of what's going to have the biggest regular season number as it pertains to, depending if it'll be Sunday night football, whatever it is, that game in that window, boy, you got to think it's going to do a monster number. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, people are going to excited. It's going to be probably once-in-a-lifetime ticket because that definitely could be the last time he plays there in that stadium uh, one last encore here, so we'll see what happens. It could be the last time he plays in a season. You never know. So when you look at it, uh, I mean, I still think they love him up there, obviously. <laughs> um, I don't think they feel betrayed. I think maybe the organization might feel a little bit different inside. But the fans, you know, love Tom Brady. He's going to have a great ovation here. And I, I think it's going to be bittersweet knowing what they had, um, where he went, and what happened when he went to his team and what happened to the team that he went to. You know, Vinny, uh, just one more on the Patriots, and I, I don't want to move because I don't like it. Uh, the Patriots. <laughs> I like to keep our audience, and I think our audience was sick, like a lot of the country was sick of the Patriots. But they're sure getting a lot of love, Vinny, and honestly, um, I don't I don't understand it. I think right now, at best, they're the third best team in the division. I think the Dolphins have more talent overall, and the Bills don't look like they're going any way for the foreseeable future. Are you buying this Patriots? Uh, they're definitely getting back to the playoffs this year. I'm not. Are you? I'm not either. I mean, you don't even know who the quarterback is going to be at right. this point. And they're changing up the offense a little bit. We'll see how this two-tight end thing works. But it's not just flip a switch and everything is fine. And we learned that last year with the Bill Belichick, that he's a great coach and he's going to adjust to what he has, but they struggle a little bit with their offensive personnel. I mean, if Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne have to be added to make your wide receiver core look a little bit better, there are some question marks there. I don't think the offensive line is free of those question marks either. The running game, we're not sure how that's going to sort out with the touches, so... A lot of offensive question marks, starting with quarterback. And then defensively, I think that's going to be strong back. So they're going to maximize their opportunities on defense and special teams to try to win games. But that doesn't mean they can suddenly uh, have that trickle into the offense and uh, that makes out, makes out uh, that same level of execution. You know, as you go through the schedule, what, one surprise to me, and maybe it shouldn't be, it is Jacksonville. But Trevor Lawrence coming in, coupled with Urban Meyer, I thought they would get at least more than the one Thursday night game that seemingly everybody gets and we get Jacksonville again in one of those this year. I thought there'd be at least another primetime opportunity for this team. Basically, what? they got to win their way onto one probably at this point? Yeah, I mean, the problem is, I mean, it may look marquee to us, but that's the whole Jacksonville frustration, right? I mean, they get Trevor Lawrence. They got signed Tim Tebow. They hire Urban Meyer. But it's still the Jaguars. It's still yeah. a very limited fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a national team that's going to get a lot of audience here. So we have to see that. If they get better and, and Trevor Lawrence becomes must-see TV, then I think you go in that direction. But not at this moment, not with them, not with the Bengals. you got to see their – or the Chargers. you got to see their quarterbacks transcend a little bit. Uh, Vinny, I know it's a topic that makes a lot of people's heads hurt. I'm going to ask you about him anyways. Uh, the latest on number 12, I know June 1st seemingly is that if there's anything going to happen, it's going to be once they get past June where the cap is hit, uh, isn't as significant. Where are you? What, what do you think the Packers are doing when it comes to their disgruntled quarterback, Aaron Rodgers? 
Well, I think they're doing their best, and hopefully time will heal some wounds here that they appeased them a little bit with the draft picks. Maybe they had some more input this time on the picks because it seemed to be a little bit more influenced uh, to help him. So we'll see how it works out. But I think they're just going to hope that he has time off, rechargers here, he'll reassess things, they'll look at it, maybe reach out a little bit more to him, and it'll all work out by the time training camp rolls around. So we know that Tampa, Kansas City, the two teams of the Super Bowl, they're going to be favorites. We'll, we'll see how they play out. Who else do you really like, though? Who else's roster do you say is right up there with the Buccaneers, with the Chiefs at the top of the NFL? Well, I think you're in the AFC. You have to start with Buffalo and Cleveland. I mean, Buffalo keeps circling the wagons here. That hmm. They've got uh, a lot more help offensively. They're pretty good defensively. they got their pass rush reinforced. I'd say the same thing happened with the Browns. They got a better pass defense and overall to try to combat, you know, who Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So watch out for the Browns and Bills. I think those are two loaded rosters here all around at this point that they could uh, upset some things and maybe not make it smooth sailing for Mahomes into another championship. So it'll be fun to watch there. I think with the NFC, you start with the Buccaneers and uh, maybe look at the 49ers as a big rebound team that we're going to follow there this season. Uh, maybe Dallas can get together offensively and uh, – live around back Prescott. So I think we know the NFC is more wide open. I think the AFC is pretty much who's there at the top, and I think you say uh, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cleveland. Hmm. Have the Bears or the Vikings, I won't put the Lions in the conversation, if Aaron Rodgers does stay in Green Bay, have uh, have the Vikings or the Bears done enough to close the gap on the back-to-back 13-3 and division winner? I think Minnesota is pretty much peaked. You know what they are with Kirk Cousins. That's what they're going to be, rebuilding defense, running game. You know their identity. So they are what they are. They're not going to catch up with Cousins. But the Bears should worry you more with Packers fan because they know they have good defense, but Justin Fields is a real deal. Then that's it. I mean, they're set. I mean, that's the biggest weakness for Chicago since uh, Sid Luckman. So <laughs> if they get that position short up here, you know the rest of their team is pretty darn good. So. I would be a lot more concerned about the Bears because they have that transition already in place. Well, I'm not sure you're going to see Kellen on the field this year just yet, but I think I feel pretty confident Justin Fields will be out there in week one. So week one for Fields. You're putting him out there right away. I think we assume the same yeah, with Trevor I Lawrence. I feel the more and more that, that Matt Nagy says Andy Dolan is the starting quarterback, it's more and more likely that Justin Fields will be the starting <laughs> quarterback. So that's how I look at it. Take a stab at Trey Lance. All right, if you believe Lawrence, Wilson, Fields going to be out there, how about Trey Lance and also Mac Jones? When do we see both those guys as starters? Well, I think I would uh, bet on Trey Lance sooner rather than later. I mean, they could still move Drew McGraw here. Even if they have to release him at this point, I would do it. I mean, I, mean, I think you could maybe get third or fourth round pick and hope for it, but now teams are kind of settled at quarterback. Do they want, really want to carry over the $25 million cap? I mean, they could and get out of it next year, I guess, just as a contingency, but it seems an awful expensive for a backup. So I'd say Lance is a much better chance to field right away than Jones. Uh, Vinny, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on, Vinny Iyer. Thank you. We will uh, talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. All right, bye. Good to talk to you. Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News. Um, you see that? The Dan Campbell, the coach for the Lions. Mm-hmm. This kid, is this, is, he wants to bring a real lion. Did you see what he said yesterday? He's a weird dog. Yeah, isn't he something? Yeah. He's a different dude, right? Right. Um, wants to bring a lion and you know, get the lion on a chain, our leash. Uh-huh. What do you call uh-huh. it? Stand behind the kicker. <laughs> Let him hit pressure kicks with a lion, a real one. 
standing behind him thinks that that'll get... I, I don't know. He's just a different bird. Well, we got a tiger on the sidelines at LSU games. Why not a lion at Lions games, right? Yeah, I, I never thought about it that way. I mean, Ralphie runs out on the field for the buffs. Now, does he anymore, though? Wasn't there, was there an incident with Ralph? Oh, yeah. There, there's usually an incident. Oh, I know. There's, there's been in the past... Um, Remember the Bevo versus Uga? Yes, at the, that was didn't Sugar go Bowl? well. That no, was not did. good. No, Bevo did not like that little guy nipping at him. <laughs> yeah, the, the the I mean that's a tremendous tre- the uh, entrance to the CU games mm-hmm. phenomenal. But I thought did I thought Ralphie kind of went rogue toward the end. He yeah. was the Ralphie wasn't a part of it last year. Well, we've seen the Boomer Schooner take a, a take ton. a tumble. Yeah, right. They rebuilt that bad boy. He'll be ready for this year. So we'll... why not a lion? But on a chain? Well, I, it's probably going to need a cage. Probably. Yeah, yeah you're, you you're just not going to let him roam free, pacing back and forth. I, I saw that story yesterday. I thought, wow, this is a different bird that he is. How well, about you, uh, quarterbacks? How as early far as we, what? How early do we? We're not going to see Justin Fields week one, aren't we? No, it's Andy Dalton. It's Andy Dalton. I think it's Andy Dalton. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is starting for the beginning. Oh, yes, for sure. Wilson. Wilson from the beginning. Lance, no, no. I think I think Lance is. Uh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Maybe plays the final couple of weeks, or in Mahomes' case, he played week seventeen. It was a meaningless game. Um, if San Francisco has nothing to play for, because I think they're a playoff team. I think so, too. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him at all. I uh, wouldn't blow me away. Yep, I'm with you. I wouldn't put him out there this early, unless you have to. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, over under week <sighs> See, I could six. see him playing before Trey Lance. And the reason yes. I say that is... Cam Newton was awful last year. He was. Terrible. He was okay pre-COVID. He was okay. Was he? I don't remember the body of work. I just remember he was awful. At the end, after he came back, Uh he was terrible. Um, And they like him there. Yeah, he's a Belichick guy. These are all dependent on how the season's going. Uh Uh-huh. You're 0-4, yeah, you rip that Band-Aid off right right away, even if a guy might not quite be ready. I I don't get the Patriots' love. I don't, and they're a big. They're a big uh, uh, play in Vegas mm-hmm. with some sharps. Not for me. They were seven and nine last year. I know. It's not like they're four and twelve. Yeah, but Miami's better. Bills are the class of the division, no doubt. Yes, that is the best team. I think my. Well, I guess Tua has to take a step he forward. Does. I like what Miami's doing. I think that I like the Flores. I like the coach building a defense. Uh huh. I'm still not sold on the running game. The offense is there. The defense is as good as you mentioned. Um, Jalen Waddle, I think, is going to be a star. I think he's going to be in. a star. I am all in uh, on, on him. Uh, I like Phillips. There was the 18th overall. I think it was like late teens uh, on the defensive side of the football. I think they're the second best team. I think it's the Jets and the Patriots bringing up the rear in that division. You still be a wild card team, though. You could, but that's going to prevent anybody else from any division. You game. told me you think the Steelers are going to stink. I think the Steelers are going to be awful. Broncos, unless they get Aaron Rodgers. You know what? I'm. Or, oh, now you're back, Drew yeah, Lock. Oh, yeah, look. I'm gonna... <laughs> Drew Lock over there. You're just, I know. You're, when you're am love. I going to win? Drew Lock and, and I really need to take a reconcilable break? differences. Yes. We need a divorce, is what we need. But until I, I'm not quite. I'm. I'm. I'm going to try and make a work, Trent. Is what I'm going to do. Look at you. I'm going to try and make a work for the kids. 
for the kids. Yeah, for the kids. Uh, I'm in on Drew Locke. I hope Aaron, not bad luck. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best player ever to play the game. Mm-hmm. I hope he stays in Green Bay, as we said yesterday. I think Drew Locke will beat off Teddy Bridgewater. I think Drew Locke has incredible offensive weapons around him. Cortland Sutton is back. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for him to be the one and Jerry Judy to be the two because I'm not giving up on Judy. Tim Patrick is a good receiver. Hamler, the kid from Penn State, has got incredible speed. Noah Fant can catch the football. They can protect the quarterback. I like Williams, this kid from North Carolina, who they got to, re, uh, to follow Melvin Gordon. Von Miller comes back, Chubb coming off the edge. They signed a couple of uh, free agent cornerbacks. They drafted uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. I'm in. It's the quarterback position, with as it is with a lot of teams. It is. If Drew Locke can take a step forward, I think ESPN's going to be disappointed they don't have him on Monday night. If he is even a B-minus quarterback. Then the Broncos got a chance to make the playoffs. They're a 10-17. and 17. Yes. They've got, a, they've got the easiest, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Should have bet on them on the over when I told yeah, you to. Yeah, I should have. I'm, I wish I would. What did you get them at? Seven, Seven and, a half? and a half? Jesus. I think they're going to fly by that. Drew Lock good or no Drew Lock good? They should win seven and a half games. Jerry Judy's going to open some eyes. Cortland Sutton's a hell of a... He was... Did he get hurt week one or week two? Anyways, early, early last year. Um, no offense coming on. Mm-hmm. Defensive line. K.J. Hamler can fly. They've got some dudes. No Von Miller's better. back. Aaron Rodgers. He is. You know who's in trouble with Denver? I said it last year, too, and I was wrong, because Josie Jewell had a phenomenal year. He was really good. Josie Jewell's really in a fight for his position. They drafted that kid, Browning, from Ohio State. You remember him? Baron Browning? Uh, yeah, he yeah. was the, uh, when he when he came out of high school, I think he was at his position, number one in the country. Okay. Yeah, they they drafted him as you know to compete with Josie Jewell. We'll see. Dude but, makes plays. Josie does not wow you. Yeah, but he is always there, though. He right? He's always he's, he's always around the football. He's mm-hmm. so smart. But he's in a fight. He's in, I think he's in a real fight for his position. We'll come back, finish out the program. What did you do yesterday? Oh, I just your... handed out three winners. Jesus. I mean, that, that's all. No, so no pressure today. No, 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 not at all. Uh, do you like these NBA games? I mean, I know you're going to watch them. Are you going to bet them? I didn't love the numbers that I saw initially. Okay. Um, you took the free square, remember that, with your betting against your twin. Absolutely, and then I had my little uh, two-team parlay last night with a couple of the big favorites. Oh, the hockey, yeah, yeah, And the yeah, hockey, yeah, yeah, and got yeah. plus 120 with it. And on top of it, if I would have la- laid the goal and a half, I would have won that side of it, too. Yeah, because Carolina won by three, and mm-hmm. the uh, the Lanch Cruise, what they they won by three also as well. Also by three. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, Miller and Condon, it's 1460 KX and Owen 106. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over. And score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. This is for all players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on that game. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. And as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code KXNO when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's code KXNO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. 
Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends May 23rd. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-TRULY-WELCOME. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Welcome back. Final segment. Another uh, scheduling domino. Kickoff time has fallen uh, for September 11th, Cyhawk Day. Uh, so here's what we've got so far. We know that Fox's early game on 9-11 is going to be Oregon at uh, Ohio State. We knew that Washington and Michigan will play on ABC at 6.30. And now Texas versus Arkansas ESPN has picked that game up, prime time, 7 o'clock. So, Trent Condon, mm-hmm. what does that tell you? Middle of the afternoon? I think you're looking 2.30. Because you're not going ESPN 2. I mean, as, as much as this game means more to us, mm-hmm. this isn't an ESPN 2 game. I'm sorry. Not with two teams that'll be ranked right? in the top 15? Yes. Top 20 well, I, Iowa State's a top 10. Iowa is a, yeah, right there, yes. 14, 15, yes, 16 is pretty much you. every post-spring yep. one that I've seen from them. Mm-hmm. I mean, and at this point, because it's so early, it's going to be scheduled like that kind of game. It doesn't matter if you and I pulls a shocker, if Indiana right. pulls a shocker, because the game will already be scheduled. This will be 2.30 ABC. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2.30 ABC. Um, I, I think it's middle of the afternoon. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think There's my guess. Yeah. Or 3 o'clock I'm not, Fox. I'm not, yeah, I was going to say that one. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the... Well, the, it's Iowa State's home game. I think it's Fox. I think it's 3 o'clock on Fox. 3 o'clock Fox is where 3 o'clock. Going. That's All right. my story, and I'm sticking to it. What's yours gambling-wise? Well, back to the free square again. Minus Lance Lynn versus who? Uh, Big Mike. Michael Big Mike Pineda. All right. Good matchup. Good pitching matchup. Still minus 120. I'll take that free money. Thank you, White Sox. Okay. As uh, Boy, the Twins have made me a lot of money. As mad as I get at them. Betting against them. I'm also going to be betting against the hockey team I cheer for tonight. Oh, you're taking the Knights, are you? Minus 160. A little steeper price, mm-hmm. but two in a row against that team, and especially, we both said. Vegas needs this one. That first period, they outclass Minnesota yep. in every way in game one. I think that shows up here. In fact, I might be looking at first period line two and get that price a little little tighter on that one. And uh, also going to go looking at an even series with the Penguins and Islanders. I'll play Pittsburgh tonight as well. No NBA for you tonight. But Staying we'll away. Have, yeah. You know what? Here's the good news, Trent. We've got two months of NBA playoffs ahead of us. It could go as long as July the 22nd. It's wild. Indeed it is. Uh, Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. Uh, that's the local program. Um, Iowa State Cyclone Insider tonight, I believe, with Petey and Hines. That goes at uh, 6 o'clock. Tomorrow morning, Morning Rush kicks off another day of local programming at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KX and 106.3 FM.